0: This is Sunrise, the who, what, when, where, why, and WTF of Florida politics. I'm Rick Flagg reporting from Tallahassee. Despite objections from the business community and the state attorney general, the Florida Supreme Court says there is no legal reason for them to prevent a minimum wage amendment from appearing on the ballot next November. The battle over impeaching the president is done, and the case against Donald Trump will move to the Senate in the new year. But here in Tallahassee, the president of the Florida Senate says the drama in D.C. really won't have that much of an impact during the upcoming session. The House Speaker in Florida orders an investigation of the Moffitt Cancer Center after the CEO, a vice president, and four researchers were forced out because of money from China. Is that DeSantis or DeSanta? The governor makes three stops in the panhandle, delivering presents to victims of Hurricane Michael. It's cash to help them rebuild. We'll also have your daily calendar of events and the latest adventures of Florida Man. And now, the top stories on Sunrise for Friday, December 20th. You'll get the chance to vote next year on a constitutional amendment increasing the minimum wage in Florida to 15 bucks an hour. It won't happen all at once. Florida's minimum wage now is $8.46 an hour. The amendment would raise it to 10 bucks starting in 2021. It would increase a buck a year until it reaches $15 an hour in 2026. The state attorney general's office asked the court to keep it off the ballot. Christopher Baum told the court earlier this month that the financial impact statement added to the amendment was wrong. This court
1: held in 2007 that it has jurisdiction to issue an advisory opinion as to the validity of a financial impact statement.
0: But during that hearing two weeks ago, Justice Charles Kennedy expressed doubts about blocking the amendment based on that financial impact statement because it was not part of the actual amendment. It was drafted by state economists and backers of the amendment had absolutely nothing to do with it. For a court to act outside its jurisdiction is just just goes against the grain in a, in, a, in a dramatic and fundamental way. The Florida Chamber of Commerce is not happy with the court ruling. Edie Owsley is their Vice President for Public Affairs.
1: We fully expected uh, this ballot measure to be confirmed, but that certainly doesn't make it a good idea. Actually, you know, this ballot measure is going to hurt the very people that its proponent uh, claims that it's going to help. But the bottom line is Florida could very likely lose nearly half a million jobs by 2026. And we've even seen estimates that are higher than that. You know, bottom line, we really think that this is a turnout weapon to impact the presidential election and it's masquerading as a proposed constitutional amendment.
0: But the decision is a victory for Orlando attorney John Morgan, who donated most of the $5 million spent on gathering the signatures for the minimum wage proposition, which is now designated on the ballot as amendment number two. As you've no doubt heard by now, a Florida man has been impeached by the U.S. House of representatives. The state's congressional delegation split right down party lines. All 13 House Democrats voting yes on both articles of impeachment. All 14 Republicans voting no. The atmosphere in D.C. may be toxic, but here in Tallahassee, it's business as usual. Senate President Bill Galvano does not expect the impeachment drama to interfere with their work during the legislative session.
1: You know, we have, uh, we operate focused on issues that are pertinent to the the state, the relationships of, uh, within the within the Senate are strong, uh, and Republican and, and Democrat alike. I work well with with uh, Leader Gibson, and you know it's really not not filtered down here. It's, you know we have work to do. We want to be productive, and uh, we're going to be about our business.
0: Lawmakers are back in Tallahassee on January 14th for the start of the session. No word yet on when the U.S. Senate will deal with the impeachment trial. The Speaker of the Florida House of Representatives orders an investigation of the Moffitt Cancer Center and any other Florida institutions that conduct medical research. Speaker Jose Oliva made the announcement just one day after six top officials, including the CEO and a vice president of Moffitt, resigned. An internal investigation found CEO Alan List violated conflict of interest guidelines through his personal involvement with a Chinese initiative that recruits researchers from American and European universities and companies. That investigation was conducted after federal agencies warned of potential foreign exploitation of American Backed research. Representative Chris Sprouls, a former prosecutor who will take over as Speaker of the House next November, will be in charge of the House investigation. Next up, the governor hits the road in North Florida to deliver millions of dollars in hurricane recovery money just in time for Christmas. This is Sunrise from Florida Politics.
2: We all know that guy who says he knew Trump was going to win long before election night. Had he known about Predict It, he could have put his money where his mouth was and made a little extra cash in the process. Predictit is like the stock market for politics. You can buy and sell shares in future events and elections both foreign and domestic. During the 2018 midterms, Predictit beat other national pollsters like Nate Silver in election night predictions, and it wasn't even close. It's easy and only costs a few bucks to get started. Sunrise listeners can get a special introductory offer by visiting predictit.org/promo/FLAPOL
0: He wasn't wearing a red suit, but Governor Ron DeSantis got to place at it as he made three stops in North Florida handing out millions of dollars to cities and counties trying to rebuild from the damage done by Hurricane Michael more than a year ago.
1: October 10, 2018, uh, massive Category 5 Hurricane Michael uh, made landfall. Uh, Many of the people uh, who were not from this region saw the images of places like Mexico Beach where you you had massive destruction, other places in in Panama City, uh, which is obviously very significant. Um, Not as many people, I think, outside this region appreciate the way that it continued to rip through uh, the rest of the counties in Florida, counties like Gadsden, um, and even really into Georgia. Um, And so this has been a high priority item to help with the recovery but we knew that there there was more that needed to be done. So we worked obviously hard with the administration in Washington uh, to get really an unprecedented amount of of reimbursements. Uh, But we were also able in the legislative session to secure $25 million uh, for this Hurricane Michael state recovery grant fund. Uh, We wanted to be able to make up for gaps in funding that communities would face uh, either through Uh, lost revenues or operating uh, deficits.
0: The first stop on the governor's Santa tour was Gadsden County. It's a long way from Mexico Beach where Michael came ashore, but some of the damage there, just as bad.
1: So today we're excited to be here in Gadsden County, uh, one of actually three stops today, uh, to announce that cities in Gadsden County, through the Hurricane Michael State Recovery Grant Program, are going to be awarded $2.4 million. So we have five hundred thousand for the city of Chattahoochee uh, for the Chattahoochee River Landing Park. Uh, After Hurricane Michael, the park was not fully functional, that caused a revenue loss, and so refurbishing the park uh, will be a great benefit to the community's economic development and tourism. Uh, city of Gretna receiving almost a $1,000,000 to repair the city's water tank, which was damaged during Hurricane Michael Uh, by repairing the tank. The city will be able to provide a stronger water flow to fight fires. And then the city of Quincy is receiving $1,000,000 to apprentice revenue loss from lost utility accounts, among other reasons in the aftermath of Hurricane Michael. So this funding will help these communities continue to rebuild and return to pre-storm operations.
0: $2.4 million may be chump change for big cities, but in rural areas of North Florida, it's a godsend. State Representative Roman Alexander's district includes Gadsden County, and he says those state grants will have a huge impact.
2: You know, you cannot teach what you do not know, and you cannot lead where you do not go. And for Governor DeSantis being here today, it means the world to see firsthand our needs and our concerns and to bring home those resources that are available. Um, I've seen firsthand of the responsiveness of his team, of the engagement of having all hands on deck to make sure that we rebuild our communities. We are a resilient community. We are a proud community. And I'm extremely excited about continuing to work with you, Governor, and your team. I enjoy working with you this, this past session and look forward to working with you on rural infrastructure and building a stronger quality of life throughout this region for all of our North Florida citizens.
0: Gadsden is a Democratic stronghold, and DeSantis lost the county by a margin of more than 2-1 to one in last year's election. But Sheriff Morris Young says the Gov really came through for them after the hurricane.
2: This is a a season of giving, and our governor have come to Gazin County with a gift. Every citizen in this county ought to praise the fact that he took time out of his busy schedule today to drop off just a little small check, $2 million. (laughs) More to come. But I do want to say, Governor, we really, really thank you Uh, for what you have done. I've seen firsthand uh, when he first took office, his promise was to take care of those counties that was hit by Hurricane Michael. And I've seen that even to this day. He's here. We can say in Gadsden County that our governor was right here standing by us.
0: Once they finished in Gadsden County, the DeSanta tour moved on to Calhoun County and then Bay County as the Governor delivered more checks to help the recovery process.
1: We have $2 million to Bay County schools for the mental health initiative. We have $1.6 million to Bay County to replenish lost funds uh, due to debris cost, infrastructure damage, and loss of population. $1.5 million for the City of Callaway to replenish funds lost due to debris, infrastructure damage, and loss of population. 1 million for the city of parker to install permanent generators for all 17 lift stations around the city and 1.1 million for the city of springfield for operating deficits and revenue loss additionally 2.9 million dollar reimbursement we can announce for cat b funding for bay county schools for temporary classrooms Um, and that's those are uh, federal dollars so we're doing about 7.2 from the state fund and then we got another $2.9 million that we're able to announce today. So just today, uh, we will have awarded over $20 million to communities affected
0: by Hurricane Michael. By the end of the day, DeSantis had announced more than $20 million for Bay, Calhoun, Gadsden, Gulf, Holmes, Jackson, Liberty, and Washington counties from the state's Hurricane Michael Recovery Grant Fund. And there's more to come. The governor's asking lawmakers to put another $25 million into that fund during the upcoming session. Your calendar of events begins today at 8 a.m. That's when the Florida Board of Podiatric Medicine is holding a conference call. There'll be a graduation ceremony at 8 this morning in Milton for 45 inmates who have completed the Santa Rosa Correctional Institution's Commercial Driver's License Program. Department of Correction Secretary Mark Inch is expected to take part. An administrative law judge holds a hearing at 8.30 in Tallahassee this morning in a dispute about how to carry out a new law that's expected to lead to more underground power lines in Florida and higher prices for utility customers. The Revenue Estimating Conference meets at 9 to put a price tag on some of the bills that have been filed for the upcoming session. The Florida Department of Economic Opportunity will release November's unemployment figures at 10. The Social Services Estimating Conference meets at 1.30. They'll be analyzing caseloads in the Medicaid program. And it's time once again for the madcap adventures of Florida Man. Who's headed for jail? A Florida man sentenced to nearly six years in prison in Massachusetts after waging an 18-month cyber-stalking campaign against a former schoolmate who wrote an online essay about a traumatic experience with him. Prosecutors in Boston say 35-year-old Byron Cardoza began the online harassment in 2017 after that former classmate published an essay describing a sexual encounter with him when she was just 13 years old. The victim says it happened when they were both attending a school in Florida. She later moved to Massachusetts. That's where the charges were brought. And finally, a 22-year-old Florida man is accused of exposing himself in front of two 13-year-old cheerleaders from Galaxy Middle School in Deltona who were handing out candy canes in the school pickup and drop-off loop. Stephen Lopez Cortina was booked on two counts of lewd and lascivious exhibition. He's also been charged with violating probation from a prior case, which also involved a charge of exposing his sexual organs. That's it for this edition of Sunrise. I'm Rick Flagg reporting from Tallahassee. We're back again on Monday.